0: The first reading uh, is taken from Colossians chapter 1 beginning at verse 3 and as you see on the screen it can be found on page uh, 1182 of the Bibles beside you. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
2: The second reading is taken from Mark's Gospel, Chapter 1 verses 29 to 39 and this may be found on page 1003 of the bible you have mark chapter 1 verse 29 as soon as they as jesus and his followers left the synagogue they went with james and john to the home of simon and andrew simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever And they immediately told Jesus about her so he went to her took her hand and helped her up the fever left her and she began to wait on them that evening after sunset the people brought to Jesus all who were ill and demon-possessed the whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases he also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him they exclaimed everyone's looking for you jesus replied let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that i can preach there also that is why i have come so he traveled throughout galilee preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons this is the word of the lord Thanks be be to to God.
1: Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can gather together to hear your word, to let it dwell within us and change us. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are doing the same thing, but maybe in very difficult circumstances. So Father, we ask as we hear your word that we would open our ears to it, that we would open our hearts and allow you to dwell within us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to begin with a um, quote, and they say, actually, when you begin a talk, you should never begin with a fact, but I thought I would this morning. The French philosopher Voltaire once said, a hundred years from my death, the Bible will be a museum piece. Well, a hundred years after his death, the French Bible Society set up its headquarters in Voltaire's old home in Paris. (laughs) Lovely, isn't it? I think you'll like Ram's story as well, who you'll see in the next picture here. Ram is um, he's a Dalit or an untouchable. He lives in India. That means he's one of the bottom of the car system, lives in the bottom of the car systems in India. That means they can't travel with other cars, they can't be educated with them, they can't eat with them. And Ram's job was to dig for potatoes day after day after day, from sunrise to sunset. That's all he did, dig for potatoes in the searing heat. He got to a point in his life where he thought, I can't carry on doing this anymore. I just can't carry on. And he left work that day and he passed the same building that he passed every day when he left work. But this time there was a voice coming from it. So as he got a bit nearer, it was a church building He snuck inside at the back and he sat at the back, but he still couldn't see where the voice was coming from. And then he noticed at the front a black box and the voice was coming from one of these machines here. And this is what he heard. (laughs) Okay, so does anybody know what was being said there? No one? Yeah? Oh, tell us, tell us, come on. I was talking about Joseph, uh, the story. The story of Joseph, fantastic. So do you know where that came from in the Bible? Do you know where that came from in the Bible? (laughs) Very good, thank you for that. Yes, indeed, that's what Ram was listening to. And uh, that's Luke that's being read and what Ram heard was Luke 4 and you might remember Jesus stands up in the synagogue and he says to the hearers there I have come to bring good news to the poor and Ram thought well I'm poor I didn't think there was any good news for me and uh, the pastor in the church realized what was happening he came and sat next to Ram and described just like Homnath has described what he'd just heard and told him about Jesus all about Jesus and ram gave his life to jesus and then he went home and told his wife and uh, children what had happened and um, they've all come to faith and they've all been baptized and ram's life has completely changed now he's probably still digging for potatoes from morning till night but now he knows of how much worth and value he is to his father in heaven now he lives with a hope for his future, because he knows and loves Jesus Christ, and that's what we're really excited about. That's what uh, that's why Bible Society does what it does, because we're on a global mission, working around the world, um, offering the Bible. Because we believe, when people open up the Bible and engage with it and discover Jesus for themselves, their lives can change for good, just like Ram's life, just like my own life and I'm sure the same story for many of us here and these machines by the way are amazing you can um, plug them into mains electricity but it's okay if you don't have mains you can use batteries but if you can't afford batteries that's okay you can bring out this little handle here and wind it up use it that way but actually the way that we all heard it this morning was by the solar panel on the back it's a solar powered bible which means you can use it anywhere around the world and we have lots of projects that use these proclaimers in different countries that's how we heard it this morning. I'm just going to spend a few moments uh, looking at the first reading we heard this morning from Colossians if you want to turn to that in your bible Colossians 1 3 to 8 that we heard read a bit earlier. Now, the little section um, of scripture that we had uh, read out, I think a good title for that could be The Story of Three Spreads. And so I want us to imagine for a moment that we've just woken up, rolled out of bed, we've gone into the kitchen, we've got the bread out of the bread bin, we've popped it in the toaster, and we go to our cupboard to see what spread am I going to put on my toast this morning. So we've got a choice of marmalade, honey or marmite now i wonder what is the favorite of st jude's okay so who would go for the marmalade oh lots of people okay who would go for the honey or a few how about marmite oh yeah lots of marmite as well but i think marmalade just about has it so there we are the next breakfast you do you need plenty of marmalade but i don't think that's the spread That Paul was speaking about when he was writing to the church here. He was speaking about a far more exciting spread and that is the spread of the gospel. And we read, don't we, in verses six and seven, all over the world this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth and you learned it from Epaphras our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. So three spreads going on there. There's a global spread all over the world. The gospel is growing and bearing fruit. And then there's a local spread because he says, just as it has been doing among you since you first heard it. And then the final spread, there's a personal spread. You first learned it from Epaphras our dear fellow servants so somebody had gone to that community and shared the good news for them then it was growing locally and it's growing globally so we're going to be thinking about those three spreads of the gospel this morning the global spread the local spread and the spread that actually starts with us that personal spread um the the gospel is still bearing fruit and growing around the world now i'm really pleased that that's still Happening today, um, we run a program called Open the Book. Are there any Open the Bookers here? Do you do Open the Book? Yes, wonderful. And uh, it's a program where people from the local church go into the local um, school to read Bible stories. And uh, we think about eight hundred thousand children now in the UK, in England and Wales, are now hearing a Bible story read locally at their school through Open the Book, which is really important because we did a survey a little while ago, discovered that 30% of 15-year-olds didn't know the nativity story was from the Bible. So it's really, really important, isn't it? The next generations growing up have the opportunity to hear stories from the Bible so they can make a decision for themselves whether they want to follow Jesus. Another thing to celebrate is... Uh, the amity printing press in china probably the world's largest bible printing press opened uh, in 1987 been going for 30 years and in that time they printed 168 million bibles 90 million of those have been exported around the world when you think it was a banned book 50 years ago it's now probably the biggest exporter of the bible which is really something to celebrate and the final thing to celebrate that i was going to mention this morning the bible is the world's bestseller, and it has been for ages and ages. It's just always taken off the top of the best-selling book list. But probably what you don't know is that we uh, think that the Bible is also the most shoplifted book as well. <laughs> Interesting statistic, isn't it? It's kind of bad, but it's good, isn't it? So let's hope it's opened up and read. But there are lots of challenges as well. There are 7,000 languages in the world, but over half of them still wait for even one book of the Bible in their heart language. In our own country, in a survey we did recently, we discovered nine out of 10 people have no regular engagement with the Bible at all. How can we change that in our own culture? And the third challenge, uh, we did surveys in the church and discovered many Christians wrote back saying, they actually quite lack Bible confidence themselves. If they were gonna go out and share their faith with other people, actually they didn't feel that confident about doing it because they weren't that confident about the Bible. So our mission, you'll see on the next slide, is to address those three areas. We want to help build Bible confidence in the church by producing resources to help do that. We want to change the conversation in the culture that people are having about the Bible and we want to help other people around the world to have the bible in their heart language Uh, and that's a a big piece of our work working through a fellowship of bible societies around the world so we're going to think about those three things and the first one is growing bible confidence in the next slide you'll see a picture of a man in china he's taking bibles to a church on the back of his bike that must be quite tricky you know how heavy books are but Tom Wright has this lovely quote where he says, being a Christian is like riding a bicycle. If you don't keep moving forward, you'll fall off. And that's what it's like for our faith, isn't it? If we don't keep moving forward in our faith, reading our Bibles, engaging with God's word, praying, meeting together in fellowship, we could fall off the Bible. And it's hard to keep going forward. And uh, Bible Society and others do lots of resources that can help us to build our Bible confidence, to keep moving forward on our Christian journey. Um, I was really challenged um, by that challenge. Well, how would I build my Bible confidence so that I can share it better with those around us? So um, I thought about how would I sum up the big story of the Bible in four minutes. I wonder how you would sum up the big story of the Bible. So, do you want to hear what I came up with? Yep, shall I do it? So, um, Neil, you're gonna time me, aren't we? To see if I can do this in four minutes. I'll tell you when to start. And we've got a few slides to go along with this as we go. So, I've used six words beginning with the letter C to help me to remember how to go. So, we'll start at the very beginning, off we go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In fact, everything from water to wallabies, from sand to seahorses, from land to lupins, from mice to mountains. He created man and woman, and it was very good. Oh, and I nearly forgot, He created a day of rest too. But then, crisis. It all goes wrong. The serpent deceives Adam and Eve. They disobey God. The consequence? Sin. Sin has entered the story. And the garden is out of bounds. They are separated from God. But in the pain is a prophecy, a promise. One man will beat the brokenness by becoming broken for us but the time is not yet. And God chooses Abraham. And he promises him a family that will outnumber the stars and the sand. And his family become the chosen people, Israel, a nation that God chooses to reveal himself to the world through. And the list of the chosen goes on. Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, the judges, the kings, the prophets, And there is this constant cycle of disobedience, of repentance, God's patience, God's forgiveness. And the chosen people wait for the promise of the chosen one, Christ. We just couldn't get it right. So God had to intervene. So he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to rescue us, to show us the way, to pay the price for our sins so that we may re-enter the garden. He is the chosen one. And he chose a manger over a mansion. He chose service over status. He chose a colt over a chariot. He chose a crown of thorns over a crown of gold he chose the cross he chose death sin has been paid for dealt with it is finished the cross and the resurrection are both the end of the story of the people of adam and the beginning of the story of the people of jesus the church that's us folks, there could be a sign on this one like a map with an arrow pointing, you are here. Jesus sends his spirit at Pentecost and followers of Jesus become the church. And Jesus said to Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. He did not mean a grand cathedral or even a a building as beautiful as this church, but he meant you and me, the church, the people. We are here in the story. We are living it out. But here comes the spoiler alert. We know the ending already, the final C, completion. In Revelation, we read about a new earth and a new heaven. We read about no more tears and no more pain. We read about new bodies and life everlasting. We read about thousands and thousands and thousands gathered to worship him. God and his people finally dwell together. We have completion. Paradise lost is finally regained. And that's the end. How did I do? 3.56, wow. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I did miss lots out, didn't I? But I had lots of fun um, putting it together. So, um, you know, it's really good to know the big story of the Bible. So when we're out there sharing our story with the people that we live and work with, we're confident um, about the Bible. So have a look um, on the table at resources, and there are lots of others um, around as well. So that's a little bit about building Bible confidence. So how about the question of changing the conversation about the Bible in our culture, in our locality? Um, We recently did um, a survey, well, YouGov did it for us, serving 20,000 people around England and Wales, asking them what they thought about the Bible, about church, about faith. And this is one of the questions that was asked, what words do people use to describe the Bible? And people with no faith said this. You'll see it on the next slide, a word cloud. So most of them said they thought it was contradictory, outdated and judgmental. How do we change that conversation that people are having and thinking about the Bible? Well, if you think back uh, on the next slide, you'll see um, when I was learning to drive in the 70s, it wasn't very cool then to be seen driving a Skoda. But nowadays, see the next picture, I would feel very cool driving a Skoda. They've absolutely managed to change the conversation about a type of car. So how can we change the conversation about the Word of God? It can be done. So things like the next slide, open the book that I've already mentioned helping children to read and know Bible stories and enjoy them and work out for themselves what Jesus is saying. Things like in the next uh, picture, you'll see where we went to Brighton Beach and we asked the actors from Wintershall, Jesus and the disciples, to go along handing out 5,000 fish sandwiches. Um, On each sandwich packet was the story of the feeding the 5,000. And apparently, Jesus woke up one lady who was fast asleep in her deck chair to give her a sandwich. Don't know where she thought she was when she woke up. (laughs) But anyway, we did a press release about it. And uh, ITV said, could we come along? We said, oh, yes, please. And that evening, uh, they had this amazing story, the Feeding the 5,000. They were talking about it on the news, on TV. And at the end, the reporter said, people came to Brighton Beach today looking for surf and sunshine. Instead, they found sandwiches and possible salvation on the news. Isn't that incredible? So look at what can happen when you reenact the feeding of the 5,000. We also partnered with churches in Hull to do that as well. And I'll just show you a little film about what we did in Hull, because thinking about what you're going to be doing on the 7th of September it could really look a little bit like this. So let's play this film and then we'll move on to the next section. So can we get the feeling of 5,000 up? I love the, the quote from the lady, and it says, I don't really get the Bible at all, but isn't it great to get the word out? <laughs> so I love that. Um, so just think what could happen on the 7th of September. So I hope you get lots more volunteers. Um, we've sent Neil 5,000 pieces of greaseproof paper to wrap up your sandwiches. You've got 5,000 comics to give out. Uh, these were done by the Beano guys. So um, really uh, a really lovely way of helping people to engage with the bible so do sign up with neil afterwards to go and help um with that project so just a few little thoughts about how we can change the um conversation about the bible in our own communities and culture so i'm gonna finish by just sharing a little bit about the worldwide stuff, helping other people around the world to have the Bible. We work through a network of Bible societies and you've been wonderful supporters of that work. And so just a a few stories to share with you. The next slide you'll see, uh, this is a photo from the streets in Aleppo in Syria. And I'm sure we all know about the terrible fighting that's been going on there for many years when ISIS moved in. But what you won't know is that just around the corner from this street in Aleppo is the Bible Society of Syria's bookshop. And they've been full all the time of people asking for the scriptures. And they've been open all but two days through all the fighting. And that's when a rocket landed on the second floor of the building, but it didn't go off. They were able to make it safe and continue their ministry. Places like China that you'll see in the next slide. Something like a million people coming to faith every year in China. So there's a huge shortage of Bibles and of pastors. You'll see the pastor on the next slide um, that my colleagues met. This is Pastor Lu. He looks after 244 congregations. He's been a pastor for 35 years. He's never had a day off in all that time. And he gets up at Huppers 4 every morning to pray before he begins his ministry. So we support the training of pastors. And in the next slide, you'll see, um, Neil's already mentioned, I went out to China a few years ago, getting Bibles, particularly into the rural churches, getting them to Christians. Um, one lady we gave a Bible to, Yan Hua, she's called 78 years old, been a Christian her whole life. And that was her first Bible she received from us that morning. Very, very humbling to do that. And finally, you'll see a picture of some ladies. These are ladies who are being uh, supported by the Bible Society in Jordan. And there we run a big trauma healing project uh, with refugees. We're just launching it in our own country as well, actually. Um, but they're trying to support themselves. They're refugees from Iraq in Mosul. And they're making these bookmarks. I've got one with me here um, using the Arabic letter N. This is a noon. And you might remember ISIS, when they went into Mosul, they painted this symbol on the homes of Christians so that they knew which homes to attack. Well, these ladies are now using this symbol. By the way, it's an Arabic N for Nazarene. They're saying they wanna turn it from a symbol of hate into a symbol of hope because they are proud to be called Nazarenes. So I've brought a few along with me. So do have a look on the table um, in the foyer. So I've got some of the bookmarks, Bible Month leaflets if you'd like to support the work I've got resources different cards of resources and also a children's book about the miracle man so if you have children that you know that you'd like to pass on the good news to please help yourself to as many as you like and pass those on I'm going to finish with two of my very favorite quotes one is from Charles Colson he says this the Bible banned burned beloved more widely read more frequently attacked than any other book in history generations of intellectuals have attempted to discredit it dictators of every age have outlawed it and executed those who read it yet soldiers carry it into battle believing it is more powerful than their weapons fragments of it smuggled into solitary prison cells have transformed ruthless killers into gentle saints. And the final quote from Spurgeon. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Shall we pray? Lord, again, we thank you so much for the gift of your word to us. Lord, would you give us a fresh hunger to open it up and read it and engage with it and live it and let it shape us and dwell in us. Lord, would you give us that confidence to go out and share the good news with those that we live with and work with. And Father, we pray for all those who still wait for the Bible around the world. And we pray for all our um, colleagues and missionaries, people we know working around the world to share uh, your good news with those that they serve father would you make it possible for all people everywhere to know of you and of your saving love for them in jesus name amen